I, I thought oh. it was a joke, actually. It, it is. I thought it was one of your jokes, yeah. It is a joke. Okay. okay. <laughs> so classic. This is Training for Ultra, episode 81. Uh, this is our second installment of our charity podcast for Run for Water. Episode 81 of the Training for Ultra podcast. My name is Rob. I also go by Training for Ultra. And let's get right into some book reviews. I've gotten a lot of really great feedback. And again, that's the only reason I really stuck my neck out and wrote the book in the first place was to inspire you guys. So I'm really glad it's resonating with a lot of people. So the first one's from Bobby. Your podcast has really inspired me to take my running to the next level. Right after a run slash listen, I had the courage to sign up for my first 50k, which I almost immediately regretted. Then I received your book. It really gave me a boost. I was scared to death of this run, and just like you in your first 50k chapter that I finished two nights ago, severe storm warnings really challenged the situation even more. You did it though. Thank goodness that chapter ended well. I finished my first 50k in 7 hours 10 minutes and felt great the whole time. Thank you so much for what you do. You are changing lives. Thank you, Bobby, for the feedback. That's amazing. Hopefully we didn't give away any of the book. But um, no, it's seriously, that's why I'm doing this. So I appreciate you sending that message. Second one from Melissa, who's part of our Patreon crew. I sat at the gym yesterday morning post-workout to knock out the last 20 pages of your book, Rob. I laughed. I cried. I learned some helpful running tips and mistakes to avoid. But most valuable was the relatable experience of never giving up, pushing past each perceived limit, and inhabiting your life in the fullest of ways. It has inspired me to keep going on every level, one step at a time. Thank you for writing it and sharing it with us. Melissa, thank you for your support, and um, just truly glad that you enjoyed that. And the last one is Dana. Hello, Rob. I just finished your book and just wanted to send a quick thank you note. I too was initially introduced to ultra running and motivated by reading Ultra Marathon Man, and it took me years to actually do something about it. Uh, I have read, watched, listened to everything ultra I can get my hands on, and I have to say this is the first book that has a story I can relate to and actually makes me believe I can get to a point where I can compete in bigger races even if it's in the back of the pack, and that's okay. I now have three ultras under my belt and training for a fourth, so thanks again for the motivation. Best of luck in your races this year, and I'll be following along as you crush the triple crown attempt. Thank you, Dana. That's awesome. I appreciate the email. If you guys have feedback, you know, just message me on Instagram or email me, trainingforultra at gmail.com. And uh, I'd love to share your experience, what your takeaways were from the book, and just appreciate the support. And again, you know, my book I feel like is already successful because my expectations were to really, you know, write something that inspires you to run and receiving that feedback's, you know, the ultimate um, success in my head. So I'm I'm very happy with um, how it's going and how people are receiving it. So thank you for the support. And uh, let's see here. I got to thank my sponsors, Ultimate Direction. I'm testing out their black halo vest right now. It's kind of like a newer rework of the packs their typical pack. So excited to kind of give you a heads up on what 
what vest I end up using during the Georgia death race. Don't worry, I've received some messages. I'm not taking my hiking poles because they're not allowed. And uh, I'm super excited about that race. Destination Trail, big thank you to Candace Burt and her team for being, you know, big supporters of what I do. And, you know, they help just get out the word in the uh, ultra running community as, as Candace did last week. Getting to talk to her is really a fun episode. So thank you, Destination Trail. Thank you to Exoskin. If you haven't tried their calf sleeves, toe socks, regular socks, base layers, um, really great high-quality products. I can't speak more highly of them. And feel free to use my promo code T, the number 4U20, for 20% off. Big thank you to Hammer Nutrition. They've been pretty much my very first supporter. So if you haven't tried a Hammer Gel or Perpetuum, which I think is kind of the most underrated product that they have, uh, feel free to use my promo code. 25 28 88 and you'll save 15 percent off your first order and i think it's technically a referral code so i always get feedback on that one and last but not least sufferfest beer big supporters i really love their beers and uh just super excited that their distribution is going to rapidly expand here um and there's a surprise mention at the end of this episode actually that i'll save until the end until you get there uh regarding sufferfest beer so Enjoy your training, guys. Enjoy this episode. It's another charity episode. Truly amazing work done by Maggie. Um, Just enjoy talking to Courtney. And Susie's an amazing person. So, And lastly, if you're in the Colorado area, feel free to message me Friday. So tomorrow there is a a big book release party. Message me. I'll, I'll give you an invite and whatnot. Thank you for the support. Don't forget to enjoy your training. Enjoy this episode. No yep. redos. You're going to nail it. <laughs> okay. Okay. This is Training for Ultra, episode 81. Uh, this is our second installment of our charity podcast for Run for Water. Uh, we have Courtney DeWalter uh, and Susie Swinehart. And I'm Maggie Gaturl. And your host, who is at, taking a nap right now, is Rob Steger. <laughs> <laughs> That was, that was awesome. I've okay. outsourced my job, so Maggie, just okay. keep, keep with it. This is great. <laughs> I'm just going to go for a run. Maggie, you're, you're on. Yeah. It's your show. <laughs> oh, God. Tell us, tell us um, more about the charity, and then obviously, Susie, I want to hear more about your background, and I'm sure you have a million questions for Courtney and Maggie, so... Well, we've got a million questions for Susie, so buckle up, Susie. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so when I talk about the charity, should I – do you want me to give, like, an update? Because Greg's been messaging me, and it's actually – some of it's pretty funny, but it's also really cool. Um, I want to hear an update. Or should I just give, like, a basic uh, background of Run for Water for anyone who hasn't, like, heard of it? Let's hear, like, the 10-second overview, but then, yeah, an update, Mm -hmm. because seeing those pictures was just, like – yeah. Kind of. It was just truly amazing. <laughs> I got a good amazing. story about it. <laughs> um, okay. So uh, Run for Water is a charity run by my friend Greg Armstrong. Uh, it They basically just build wells for villages or people with no running water. Um, and the other charity is 84 Days, and that is run by his daughter. Um, and that provides self-defense and feminine hygiene and education for uh, women in villages of... Um, in, in third world countries. That's awesome. And so 
I mean, I saw a picture update of the we- one of the wells being built. I mean, is that the update I'm assuming? Yeah. Or is there... Yeah, so okay. the well that they... So we raised nine grand total. And the well that he built in uh, Uganda um, was uh, drilled and, and I, I guess finalized is it's, it's pumping water now. That was seven grand. And the remaining two grand is for reusable pads for women in Costa Rica and Uganda. And the well they built was in a village in Uganda. And I think that's like, I think there's 500 people in that village. And um, maybe a lot of people saw the Facebook photos that Greg's been posting of children trying to get water from this like swampy green mess. Um, So Greg showed them how to get water from this clean well that they dug, uh, which is really awesome. And they also put up a plaque that says donated by the ultra running community because that's basically where all the money came from. So everyone that donated and participated in the fundraiser, um, uh, to my chagrin, he also added my name, which is kind of funny because now Ryan said that, well, the, so my boyfriend said that now there's a whole village of Africans that are trying to say your last name. So (laughs) Greg said he has heard my last name mispronounced in so many ways this week. Um, so it says like donated by Maggie, Maggie Guterl and the ultra running community. And apparently it's this huge honor to be, to be presented a goat. And so Greg was presented a goat on my behalf or whatever for this well, which is really kind of crazy. It's an honor. And he said, sorry, I can't bring the goat home. So I've named it Goat Turtle, and it will stay in Uganda because it'll probably never make it past customs. But I thought it was really cool. It was a neat text message to wake up to today, even though I don't deserve the goat. But <laughs> that's really cool. Well, you yeah. you organized the whole thing, Maggie. So um, you definitely deserve. A goat or maybe two. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> maybe I'll have to change my uh, my uh, animal to uh, from a bison to a goat instead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it will be in all jokes aside, it'll be fascinating to visit that community in like twenty years and see how many of those kids just every day seeing ultra running. Well, and seeing Maggie's name, but um, <laughs> but how many of them are affected and become runners? I mean, or I know. ultra that would runners. Be cool. so. Well, a lot of them have to walk like five miles to school. Well, 5K to school. So, like, they'll they'll walk there or they had to walk that far to get water. And that's part of the reason Greg chose that village is because the kids would walk super far to get water. And there's actually cars on the road. Um, and one of them was killed by the car. So, it's not a good situation. And, um, yeah, I think they they're, they're probably already pretty into the whole endurance thing by necessity. Um, but yeah, so maybe, maybe one day it would be really cool to, to see how it changes everything. Uh, I mean, one kid had typhoid and said, now I won't get typhoid from the water. Like it's so crazy. So yeah, it'll it'll be really updated. Yeah. Yeah. You should be really proud of yourself. That's huge that you, um, put that all together and made it happen and you're changing people's lives. Well, there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that Greg does that like, I mean, you just think you go there. We all know. I mean, those of us who know Greg Armstrong, we're like, you know, he's going to go there and dig the well all by himself with like a, sh- a garden shovel probably. But apparently there's like a whole a whole thing you got to do. And he was telling me how it, there was like administrative holdups because uh, they when they transferred the money to this individual in Uganda for the well drilling, 
they had changed the letter on the person's name. So like that was held up and there's all this like back end stuff where it's just like, oh, I just thought Greg would buy some materials and, and, and dig a well, <laughs> but it's super involved. So he put a lot of work into, to getting that trip together. All right, let's shift gears. I think we could probably talk about that for a whole episode, and maybe we yeah. have, have Greg on. We at should some get point. Greg on. Um, His stories are so great. Let's, <laughs> let's let's hear more about Susie. I mean, you're the you know, the winner of this podcast episode, and you know we're grateful for your donation. Um, yeah, Mag- and actually, Maggie her friend her yeah. friend won it for her, yeah. Stephanie. Yeah, this is like a big gift for her, which you must have a really nice friend. And I met Stephanie. She seems pretty great. (laughs) Yeah. I also, though, would argue that Susie Mm -hmm. should just be a guest on the podcast anyways, because she's got a pretty incredible story. And I'm I'm sure lots of, uh, yeah, adventures along the way with all of her results and um, some different things she's been dealing with. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you, Courtney. But no, it's I am honored just to be here with you elite women um, that I look up to very much. So and absolutely, Stephanie is, you know, my coach and one of my best friends. Um, We also coach together with Evolve Performance Running. And she did. She gifted me this experience. And what a wonderful cause that it's for. So um, at first I was like, oh, why did you spend so much you know, money on me? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah we appreciate it it was awesome yeah. and then i realized what the cause was and wow it's i'm honored yeah or i mean i'm stoked that it was you you know that, that we get to talk to you because i definitely have questions so well she knew you two were my my favorite you uh, <laughs> and Peggy, i mean it couldn't have been two better people for me to be with so she knew i looked up to you um admired you um so it was it's perfect we all got to share the track in December at Desert Solstice for um, just a little bit of time, at least. Yes, yep. we did. That was cool. Yes. Uh, I think Susie won last man standing there. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Three of us. Well, you guys yeah. have a little bit of an excuse with your bigs backyard <laughs> not long before that. And I had been out with you know medical reasons and hadn't raced in quite a while. So I was rested, and you weren't. <laughs> so, Susie, what, um, like, give me some background on your running. Where are you from, uh-huh. like, generally speaking, and how uh-huh. did you get into ultra running? And, yeah, I, I'm interested to hear. I swear we've interacted before, and I, <laughs> I swear <laughs> we've run Mohican at the same time. But I think we might have. I did. Well, I did the 50 mile yeah, there. I did, too, ago. yeah. 2016. Yeah, I think I did. I think I did 2016. Kind of a training run leading up to um, Woodstock, the 100 miler there. Very cool. So are you in Ohio or? No, I'm in Indiana, Fort Indiana. Wayne. Okay. Fort Wayne, Indiana. Yep. Awesome. So you need to come. We, we have the IT 100 here. Um, it's a wonderful trail race in Indiana. I think the only 100 miler in Indiana. Yeah, I've, uh, I was signed up for that actually at one point and just couldn't make it. But I've done the Huff 50K. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. that's the same course. It's that a... was my first 50K. What? Really? Yes. That's <laughs> not an easy 50K to start off with um, if you have snow and yes. during the winter. Oh, um, I was a rookie. It was a mud year, too. It was horrible mud, like to your knees, slipping and sliding. And 
I think it took me like seven hours. It was ridiculous. I, I think that's how long it took me also. It was ridiculous. <laughs> what, made, what made you sign up for that one, Susie? Um, my your first... My it was close to where I live, um, and my brother and some other running friends were all doing it. So at that point, ultra running was kind of a social activity for me. So we ran it together as a group. So I ran with my brother. Um, I have to give him his name because before, when somebody asked how I got into ultra runner, ultra running, I said, "Well, some guy that I met, and he was a little offended, <laughs> a little offended. <laughs> I called him just some guy." So Mark Beals was the guy who introduced me to ultra running. And um, because of him, I am where I'm at now. Yeah, that's awesome. You, uh, you've done a ton of races. I was just creeping on your ultra sign up here. Yeah. Looks like, looks like you keep circling back to the huff. Yeah. It's just, you know, I, I think it's more of the social, all my friends, running friends from around here do it. Um, I'm probably getting a little bit away from it, though, now with other goals. Um, I think like this year, I'd like to go back to Desert Solstice and um, try to get a couple other goals there. It's a belt buckle. Come on. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> That was actually a pretty fun race, I thought. Like, you know, I, I don't know. I didn't have a great race, but it, it was like one of the best, worst races I've ever had. <laughs> I, I don't know. I thought it was really fun. Yeah, I, I don't know it. if I'll be allowed back, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> been uninvited. Um. I know. <laughs> um, Susie, I've, you have uh, Western States on here because I wanted to check to see when you finished, and I did because I remember oh, running into you gosh. right before like Forest Hill or something, was it? I don't remember. I just I know that even... it was awful. Yeah, me too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think that was the first time we met in person, though, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, the you're Susie Swinehart. <laughs> she's, like, she's like on the ground. And I was like, oh, my God, I was just lying on the ground, too. <laughs> it was awful. And I think you, like, rallied in. I don't know. I think at some point you passed me. I don't remember. Well, yeah, I did. and But I, I give you all the credit. For... No. Oh, God. <laughs> for... Well, you perked me up with the Coke. You gave... Yeah. You gave me your Coca Cola, everyone. Yeah, Coca Cola, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Although, yeah, maybe the Coke would have been better. Yeah, I know. Um, we would have finished sub twenty four. <laughs> yeah, I felt really guilty because um, I was on the ground, like passing out and lightheaded and all that. And you walked with me for quite a while and gave me your bottle of, of Coca Cola, <laughs> and I perked up. And then I ended up, yeah, I, I felt horrible because I passed you later, but. You were just struggling with your own issues. I was so, walking anyway. We just happened to be walking the same pace. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I kind uh, of got better. Yeah. No, you did awesome. Um, so what do you have, like, immediately coming up? Or, uh, you're uh, chained for Badwater, aren't you? Yeah, that's my big, you know, my A race. And I'm trying to get my body back to full health again for that. But I've, I'm doing Boston kind of for fun. Boston Marathon. Um a few weeks and then bad water and then desert solstice oh and i'm gonna do the indiana trail 100k oh, uh, nice. just because that's just the best race ever yeah my coach likes that race a lot too yeah um yeah. i'll be at boston at the well, yeah. booth so come say hi i will yeah courtney was gonna try to come but she cannot no next next time yeah so, next time courtney what kind of marathon 
Have you, I mean, do you have like a marathon PR? Are you super, you're super fast in all these alternates. So I'm assuming you're pretty fast as a marathoner too. Uh, you know, I haven't done one since, um, that's what kind of snowballed me into the ultra running world is I did a few road marathons. So that would have been back in like 2000, maybe nine or 2010. Um, so I don't, I haven't done one since and I'm not sure how I would do now. I don't know if I lost all the, all the fast twitch muscles needed. <laughs> right. I don't think so. <laughs> I doubt it. Back then, I did like a 3.15 around there. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you can beat that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It'd be fun to try one. Yeah. Your friend told me a cool story at the airport when we were sitting there um, waiting to fly home from Desert Solstice. Oh, boy. <laughs> she was like telling me how you were like, well, I'm going to go just like running in the morning. So I'll just wake up and go running. I guess you're like staying at her house visiting. And then you guys are at like, brunch the next morning and you're like oh people are still running because there was like a marathon going on and they were running the same marathon that you ran and you were like already done and at breakfast <laughs> she had no idea that you're gonna actually go run a marathon she just thought you'd go for like a morning run I was like, yeah, it's oh, pretty funny. <laughs> I think I had like 20 bucks in my pocket and just encountered the start line and signed up or something oh, no way really <laughs> So wait, did you like plan to run a marathon or you just happened upon a marathon? And were like, I think I was like, oh, that's a good thing to do today. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That was Mississippi. There wasn't like, there was, uh, yeah, going running was one of the main pastimes that I had down there. Did you like win it and then go to breakfast? And no. Like, oh, this is no. I ran. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> Susie, what's your marathon? What do, have you done any road marathons? Um, I did the Erie Marathon was my, my most recent one, and I did it three fourteen fifty nine. So I just squeaked under three fifteen. Courtney, she wants <laughs> you. I think yeah, she would yeah, absolutely. Kick my butt right now. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about that. Yeah. Su Susie also holds. Is it still the world record, Susie, for the treadmill twelve hour? Yeah. I don't think it is. I mean, it's not really very impressive, to be honest, but it, I, I think I'm going to look up. I think uh, it did someone beat it. I think so. I think someone beat it um, from like England or something. Well, regardless, 73 miles on a treadmill is was the Oof. 12 hour world record that Susie set. Yeah, it was kind of insane. <laughs> tell me, tell me what you were doing while you were on that treadmill. Um, did you do podcasts and movies and stuff? I wanted to, but we couldn't, we had like a thing, I don't know, internet issue when we were, I was at a running store where I had to have it done in a public location and we were having difficult, technical difficulties, so couldn't get anything to work. Um, so it was so um, crowded though, people kept coming in and out. Um, reporters were coming in and interviewing me while I was running. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. So... <laughs> And then I, we have a big running group, um, and like it's called Ignite. And so my running friends were there entertaining me. Somebody brought hula hoops. Oh, and they were doing like hula hoop contests and and dancing. And it was they were just doing whatever they could to entertain me. So it was just a lot of fun. Yeah, that is fun. What hour? Like, what was the time frame you chose to go between for your twelve hours? Um, eight a.m. to eight p.m. Okay. So time by time of day. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we started at 8 a.m. I think we did it on a Friday um, just because the store would be less crowded. 
Okay. How do how does bathroom breaks work for that? I always wondered. Do you oh, just stop, gosh. pause it, and go pee? Well, that's or been my oh, my downfall in ultras or my bathroom issues. Um, so we had like a little a bit. <laughs> this is embarrassing, but because I knew I would have some point where I would have to go a lot, you know. So we put a little kind of like a camping bucket thing where mm-hmm. I could go really close to the treadmill. And we kind of like put little gates around or like walls, made our own little walls around it. Mm-hmm. Give me privacy, but that way I could just jump off the treadmill and run to the bathroom and go and then get back on the treadmill again. I wouldn't have to go all the way through the store to the bathroom. Oh my gosh. Wow. So just a little bucket set up. Yeah, just a little bucket. Kind <laughs> I of like love it. <laughs> it's like what we have to do for bad water. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. It's great practice yeah. for that. Yes, you have to have the little biffy bags though. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, if bad water Courtney. wasn't already fun enough. Oh, yeah. man. Jeez. Yeah. Courtney, how many buckets do you think you would have filled up if that was big? <laughs> <laughs> I think you, she peed like twice every lap. I peed once every lap. Was, was That was a lot. I Yeah, I don't know what was going on there. I don't know how there was so much fluid that was coming out, but I was peeing at least twice every four miles. And it was like substantial amount of pee. <laughs> So I don't know, like, if something was shutting, you know, if organs were, like, stopping, they stopped doing their job, and maybe they were just like, any any fluids in here are yeah. exiting or, or what? I'm not sure. Maybe they were working double time. They're like, F maybe. this. Yeah, I think that was what they were like. <laughs> yeah, it seemed like it, because you went a pretty long time. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm glad I didn't have to haul a bucket for that. So. <laughs> yeah. That would have been inconvenient. <laughs> inconvenient. Uh. Susie, what, what questions do you have for these two? Let's hear some more. Oh, boy. So, well, Maggie, I know you are trying to do Barkley. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, I'm rooting for you so much to be the first woman to finish. But how, like, if I were to do it, I would get so lost. I, I won't even sign up. So how do you pre- prepare for that, the navigational challenges of Barclay? Yeah. Well, it's just, it's just basic navigation is, is, you know, there's orient. I was with this guy, Ian Keith, uh, last year. Uh, he's like, he's like the, he's been described to me as the Scott Jurek of, of Ireland. Um, he's the guy that had this, that, um, spot, uh, course record at the spine race that everyone was just kind of following. And it was a big deal. Cause that Jasmine Paris person, the uh, European Courtney DeWalter beat <laughs> Keith and Keith's record, Ian Keith's record at mm-hmm. the spine race. Um, and so Ian was the guy that I was around with, like for the whole, most of the whole first lap after, like after a certain point. And we went out on our second lap together and he's a champion orienteer. Like that's what he does. He had his map around his neck. He's like on point, but it's not an orienteering race. So like, like basic navigation is, is kind of, will get you by i mean it's great to be uh to know like a lot about uh you know orienteering and everything um but it's good to be able to read the topography and understand it um but i mean (laughs) laz has his own way of describing the course which is like part of it is written directions and part of it is a map and you have to kind of put those two together and like figure it out um i mean i was with jameel for the second lap and there's things like he's been on that. He's been more loops than a lot of people, uh, you know, even though he's not quite ever strung together five. And uh, even he's not sure about certain stuff. So it's like, I don't know. It, it's hard because 
it well, you know how the East Coast is. Everything kind of looks the same once you're in like a valley or like as oh, that hill looks like that hill over there. It's not like being up high in Colorado where you can just like really get your bearings. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's just I don't know. Yeah, I don't have enough knowledge really to be able to tell you what the secret is. <laughs> Maggie, Maggie, can you tell us about your workout you just recently did? Oh, the big training run. Yeah. Well, I did a 12-hour training run last year, uh, and I got the idea from Gary Robbins from that Where Dreams Go to Die. He did it, um, but he did, like, an overnight just vert climb, up and down, up and down. Um, so I did that as well last year with two buddies, and I did it again this year. And I was pretty sure that, that it would not be more miserable than last year, but I was wrong. It was. And, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I thought I was going to, like, lose, like, permanent feeling in my hands. It was so cold and rainy. And I mean, we were on this uh, hill called Leg Destroyer, and it was just like you couldn't even stay on your feet. Uh, going up, it was okay. I had a good tool and micro spikes, and, and that was enough. But going down, it's so steep. Like, I just, <laughs> there was like a luge spot where your butt was, and you would just like slide down the steepest part. And it was actually really fun. Um, so that's how I got down the hill. So I kind of wanted to use my legs to get that quad bashing. I mean, they got enough quad bashing, but um, I kind of cheated with the downhill. Yeah, but I really okay. wanted to videotape it because, like, it was really cool, but I couldn't use my hand, so. <laughs> <laughs> nice work. Uh, so you'll be ready to rock in however many weeks that is. Yep. I got waterproof spray for my jacket to refresh the waterproofness because I learned it wasn't any uh, waterproof anymore. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'll be ready. <laughs> Are you going to fill your pockets with pierogies during Barkley? <laughs> I am. Tailwind and pierogies is what I plan to survive on. <laughs> I mean, that's just a normal Tuesday for me. That sounds perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I did. I had pierogies in a bag in a Ziploc, and I cooked them the uh, pierogies a la Kevin, sautéed in butter in a pan, and then I put them in the bag after they cooled down, and I carried them with me like that, and they were actually really good. <laughs> Kevin's my husband, and he cooked for Maggie and I at Big's Backyard, and he was making, like, gourmet pierogies for us. Dude, they were so good. They were just those crappy, like, Mrs. T's pierogies. And usually I just boil them, and they're, like, falling apart mush. And he, like, handed us this, like, I don't know. It looked like he perfectly browned each side, and they had, like, this little glisten from butter. Remember the first ones had so much butter on them? I'm like, oh, I don't even need chapstick right now. Yeah. There's so much butter on my lips. <laughs> uh, and then the pancakes were good. I don't know how he makes pancakes like that. They're just like Aunt Jemima pancakes, but they were so good. Yeah, he takes crewing perfectly seriously. Yeah. He just nails it, yeah. I think he's 25% of the reason you're such a successful ultra runner. So Yeah, I mean, we good might. Good job, be, Kevin. We'll give him 35%. 35? Yep. Okay. 35, Kevin. I, I, think, <laughs> I think a Kevin cookbook should be in the in the works, but oh, just, just my thoughts. I don't know if he could write it down because it's always just like whatever is there. He, he just figures out a way to make it where it's pretty decent to eat, actually. He needs someone to follow him around with a notebook then, which I could probably do sometime. Yeah. And just like right. observe what he does and then write it down. And then You're hired. Do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of leads to a question that I had for Courtney. Um, your husband, like, do you think it's really important for females to have, or, you know, helpful to have a competitive running husband? I mean, he just, he may not be as fast as you, obviously, but 
um, I just see a lot of competitive women and they have, you know, boyfriends or husbands who are super competitive as well. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's necessary. Um, I think having someone who gets it, like why I'm out there doing that and maybe a little bit of what it might be feeling like while I'm doing that and just loves being out there. Like Kevin loves crewing and so I'm really thankful for that because it's been fun to, to share that with him. But I don't think it's necessary that, um, yeah, you have a an ultra runner or someone who's uh, interested in cooking you delicious pierogies. <laughs> but I think you do need to have someone who just understands, like, this is what you're going to be doing for a lot of hours of your day or your weekend or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. I remember seeing at Desert Solstice, I mean, he was right there with you. You were kind of standing off by the fence and he was just always there. So supportive and just. Yeah, yeah. We kind of started this thing together. Um, I mean, he he and I, he crewed me for my first 100 mile attempt, which was just my third ultra ever. Um, So since then, we've been figuring it out together and and that's been fun to like be there for so many different parts of it. Right. He, he opened all the toilet paper rolls at do- Desert Souls. Yeah. <laughs> they were all like still wrapped up in the porta potties, like on the track. And Courtney was like, "Can you go unwrap all those?" And so, <laughs> for what any of the rest of us who went in after that, Kevin did that. Because wow, thank you. <laughs> that's such a time suck. Like I know. Well, did he? Get in there. Did he fold the edges or not? That's, <laughs> yeah, it's that's... a little triangle, so it's easier to pull. <laughs> <laughs> and like some swans in there as decoration. <laughs> he, he's in there with you. He hands you a towel when you're done. Like, you're like, oh, Kevin. No. <laughs> too much, too much. <laughs> uh, we should have Kevin on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tune in. <laughs> Tune in. That's the next charity podcast is, is Kevin. <laughs> Kevin tells all. Oh, boy. <laughs> so I have a question for Susie. Why Badwater? Of all races that you could set, you know, on the horizon. Because that one, I keep going back and forth. I want to do it maybe once in my life, but I don't know. Like, it's, that's just a tough, tough race. Like, how did you pick that one? Yeah. Um, I mean, when I first learned about Badwater, probably 12, 10 or 12 years ago, I told myself I would never, ever run that race. Um, but then, um, probably right after or before, I don't know, right around the time I met Maggie as I was lying on the ground there um, at Western States, I made the decision. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, for, I don't know, somehow the heat there didn't seem like it was getting to me. Um, it was like, a, I don't know how, 100 degrees, 110 degrees. And I felt like I handled the heat okay. Um, and then during that time, I said, well, I think I might sign up for bad water. Um, and then you can blame I, it on Maggie. So it's all Maggie's fault. <laughs> oh, it's not my fault. <laughs> no. And then gave I, Coke. What? I just gave you Coke. That's all I gave you. <laughs> yeah. So you need to come and crew for me and just hand me Coke every mile. I'll hand you tailwind, okay? Oh, gosh. (laughs) You have bathroom issues big time. No. So, no, Badwater is just, it's an epic race. Um, It's beautiful. I went there and crewed this year and just fell in love with Death Valley. It's just a gorgeous place. Um, The heat is just a challenge that 
you know, just an additional challenge that I like. It's going to be very difficult, obviously, but um, I do pretty well in the heat. I think if it were an Arctic run, there's no way in hell that I will do it. I <laughs> No, the cold and me do not mix, but heat, I like the heat. Can we talk about that a little more? Because I read this article about you on Runner's World that said you ex- – you train for the heat by running in a sauna suit on your treadmill. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, so my coach actually bought me this cheap sauna suit at like a garage sale or something. I don't know. So, um, yeah, I get it. I heat up my sunroom um, to about 120 degrees. And so when it's that hot, I definitely don't need the sauna suit. I'd probably die if I ran in a sauna suit and oh my God. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's like now in the middle of winter in Indiana, I can't really get the sunroom up, you know, higher than maybe 80 degrees. So the sauna suit helps out. But that's what I do. I have my treadmill in the sunroom. I have space heaters and it's also a, a three, four season room. So it's heated and I crank up all the heaters. Um, my electric bill last month was $490. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Geez. So I have to kind of cut back a little bit, I think. <laughs> <laughs> You're overdoing the sauna room. Yep. Yeah. But it works. I mean, it truly helped when I went and crewed. Um, I didn't, you know, have any really negative effects. I ran 30 miles um, with Patsy um, Ramirez at Badwater last year, and I you know, I thought it was actually a cool year. I was like, wow, the heat doesn't feel very bad. And then I was told it was actually a record setting year for heat. Wow. (laughs) So you'll be ready. I feel like I will be. I'll be ready for the heat. Now I'm not the best climber and there's a lot of, you know, elevation, but we'll see how I do. That's going to be awesome. Do you, are you starting at the latest with the latest group that starts at like 11 or something? I, 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 they haven't given out. Oh, that's right. Yet. Yeah. Um, I would assume you would. You think I will? I hope. Uh, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so is that a race you guys would ever consider doing? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I think, um, my crew chief is hoping that I'll wait a few more years. He's not quite ready to crew that one. No. <laughs> Crewing it sounds hard. It, yeah, it is. Just cook it's on the road. It's tiring. It's because it's you're in a car and you go like, you're supposed to go like one to two miles or something, but then everyone gets tired and your crew, your runner tells you to go a quarter mile and you're like waiting <laughs> right. a little bit and like, yeah, it's tiring. It's yeah, a lot of work. It is a lot of work. We made it very sleep deprived, um, but it was rewarding. It was awesome. So if you ever need someone on your crew, I volunteer. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It's been recorded, so now yeah. we'll yeah. all remember that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll help her. And then I'll document everything Kevin makes, and then we'll make up. Cook. He can cook. Cooking right on the on road. Eggs right on the road, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think that's frowned upon. They don't want you to do that. It is. Too many people were doing it. <laughs> oh, really? They yeah. have like a rule? They actually Yeah. Have- Courtney, have you ever been to Death Valley? Yeah, just briefly for yeah, less yeah. than less than uh, five hours probably just in okay. and out basically to see it. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I like. Well, I don't know about running in it. I mean, I, yeah, yeah, but it feels like a warm hair dryer. Like it's so like I think it's soothing. <laughs> you know, it, right? It's such a dry heat. It is. 
and then it's like usually windy because there's nothing blocking the wind. I don't know. Um, usually really windy. Right. I think. Right. It don't is. You? It's very windy and it does feel like a hot air, like a blow dryer in your face. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Great. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a cool place though. There's nothing else on this, like that I know in the U S or anywhere. I mean, I guess some deserts somewhere, yeah. but like nothing I've seen. It's like such an alien place. Like it's so cool. Yeah, it is. We ran into some coyotes out there, and it's just, it's beautiful. Nice. Susie, so what's, you, your, what's uh, your go-to food going to be when it's so hot like that? Well, I do better. Like, I did salt and sea last year, and that was a pretty hot run. And I used a lot of smoothies. So we oh. uh, made smoothies that morning or the night before, keep them in a frozen and cooler to keep them cold, and they seem to go down a lot better. I think the more liquid calories I can take, the better. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we just make smoothies. I like like raspberry, banana, avocado. Um, keep the fruit, you know, maybe some ice and cashew milk. That's what I use. Huh. Wow. Yeah, and then I drink. I don't. I used to do Tailwind a long time ago, but then I became um, keto, so I do the ketogenic diet. Um, so now I do sugar-free. I do like noon or the goo tabs. Hmm. I, was... I know some people that do keto and they do tailwind. I just have to throw that in there okay. yeah, yeah. as an option. Oh, yeah, I could. I'll put you in touch with them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's cool. It, all that sugar makes my digestive tract very unhappy. So that's what I was going to ask you, Courtney. How do you tolerate all the sugar and the candies? Is that <laughs> you don't? I mean, it's young. Uh, I mean, I just keep a slow drip of candy going yeah. in all day, every day. So <laughs> it throws off the pH levels if I don't have all that candy. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a sugar addict. I mean, I love my sugar. So, but I have to, you know, I do the keto, but I do carb cycling. So maybe a day, one day a week, I will have my sugar or my chocolate martini, which I'm drinking right now. Nice. <laughs> Wait, if if only one day a week you're having candy, what's what are you choosing for your candy? Gosh, um, I vary it, but I love peanut butter cups. Reese's okay. Cups. Ooh. Yeah. That's yeah, the best right one. now they're good because they're shaped like the eggs, which I think are extra delicious. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cordy, what's um, what's your go-to again? I'm trying to remember. Is it like jelly beans? Okay. Jelly beans. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Maggie, Wouldn't, what? How it's do you... great jelly bean season right now with all the Easter candy. <laughs> There's so many options. They're the ones from last year. Those things don't sell, and then they put them back on the shelf. So you're eating jelly they beans. S- they <laughs> sell like hotcakes. <laughs> <laughs> do you like the black ones? Yeah, yeah I do. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. What, what flavor does Courtney like? That's a, that's a good question. What's Juicy your... pear is the best. Juicy pear. Juicy okay. pear. Jelly. Oh, you be- you're eating the fancy gourmet ones. The yeah. jelly belly jelly beans. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, but if if it's just out of a normal package, then I usually uh, go for like the the purples and greens. Mm. Same. Yeah. So will Jelly Belly sponsor you? <laughs> Start to their logos are running jelly bean, right? Isn't the thing running? I'm trying to remember. It's doing a lot of things. Sometimes okay. it's just lounging. Okay. But uh, that'd be like 50% of my grocery bill. So that'd be, that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> Rob, what's your go-to candy? Oh, man. 
I can get carried away. Um, gummy bears. Yeah, gummy bears, gummy worms. And it's always, like, kind of a last resort for me if things are just not going well during a race. Um, I'll have flat soda and, yeah, like, Moab 240, the last 40 miles were all on gummy bears, at least. And it just, I kept running, so. um, Yeah. But having, like, not eaten refined sugar for three years and then thrown... (laughs) <laughs> a, pound, a pound of gummy bears in me like i just it got the job done somehow hmm. so. to be clear i don't thing. i don't eat the candy during races i usually save that for oh. after races i thought you were eating it for your fuel no i do uh like i do tailwind and then i do honey stinger okay which, which their chews i think taste like candy they do um, yeah but i'm not actually eating candy during races and, and mashed potatoes, and she does. <laughs> yeah. Pouches of mashed potatoes. Yeah. And that, that's actually a really good point. I mean, it's playing with fire for a lot of people. Like, you can really, you know, extend the miles or you can be in the porta potty for the rest of the race. Yeah, um, which is an unfortunate spot to be. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always in the porta potty at some point. Yeah. <laughs> for a long time. For a bucket next to the treadmill. For the bucket. <laughs> Susie, what other questions do you have for these two? Um, so how do you cope, I guess, both of you, when you have a disappointing race? Maybe for you, Maggie, it was Western States the year we did it together. But having a disappointing race and having a crew and feeling kind of like you disappointed your crew, that's always my biggest fear. And with bad water coming up, I'm terrified of, you know, disappointing them yeah um i know i always feel guilty well i felt guilty at western states because well, my friend ralph and leah were pacing me and instead of like you know us being done at like 1 a.m or wherever we were like ralph had to walk with me like all night and so did leah I'm like that sucks right you know you think you're gonna get a run in and then it's like walking but they understand and like i mean it does suck and everybody sort of disappointed but when you go to crew someone you you understand that like stuff can happen so they all understand i mean yeah you feel guilty Mm -hmm. um but i mean that's also a big motivation to finish because they don't want to go all the way there and see you quit i mean they don't want you to like injure yourself or if you're medically like cannot continue they don't want that either but like that is nothing you know that was just like a motivation to finish because like you know that's like worse at least like everyone was so happy when we all were done because like you know, you just got there somehow, however long it took. So I don't right. know, but I feel, I, I feel the same way. That's like, I've, I've chosen a lot of races lately where I like, I don't need crew. So <laughs> I just like, don't have to do my own thing. <laughs> yeah. Or like, I don't know. I just, you know, I never, I never know how long these things will take. At least like Barkley, it's like the crew stands in one place so they don't have to go anywhere, but same with bigs. Yeah. And desert solstice was nice. The- yeah. Yeah. Well, I had Pam and that was awesome. And I guess I hope that wasn't disappointing for her, but I think she had a good time too. So, <laughs> yeah. And then that's another question. Like, how do you know when your body has had enough? I mean, I think we all, all three of us, we, we all push our bodies to the limit. And is there ever a time when you know you're being stupid and you got to stop or, I mean, how do you know? I don't know. Uh, Courtney? Yeah. Courtney doesn't. She just goes. Not, I don't know. No, I mean, I, I I stopped at Desert Solstice because 
um, yeah, I was getting a lot of red flags and it was a race where I was going for a specific mileage and when it was clear that wasn't going to happen, it, it wasn't worth continuing on. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, if it had been a trail race, I, I think I wouldn't have been as good at stopping for health reasons and I would have wanted to just continue experiencing those trails in that place and um, get to the finish line, you know, however slowly it took me. So I, I think it depends a little bit on what the reason for doing a race is and what the goal is in like big picture, but also on a smaller scale as well. Yeah, the twenty the desert solstice is a different animal because like people go there for a specific goal. They all have their own thing, and it and once you know you can't reach that, like you know, like like Mike McKnight from um, Ultra, he that was his first twenty four hour, and his goal was like run the whole thing. It doesn't matter what mileage he got. He's his thing was run, and he was like in so much pain. He was one of the only like five or six people running the whole thing, and he did it, but like that wasn't my thing and that wasn't Courtney's thing and it wasn't like Patrick Regan's thing. So everyone has different, oh, I think my boyfriend's home. So the dog's going to go crazy. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm in a different room. <laughs> He's not going to stop. Titus. He's Court a big watchdog. Courtney, and what, um, what questions do you have for Susie? Because I know oh, you, man. Were, you had yeah, a lot, right? I really wanted to talk about that indoor sauna suit. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so I'm glad we touched on that. Yes. Um, I have a question yeah. for Susie. Let's hear it. Um, you have four kids. How do you get your training in? Oh, <laughs> Lord. That, that's my biggest challenge. Um, and that's why, you know, many times I am, to, you know, kind of stuck on the treadmill. Um, because I have to be home, you know, when my youngest gets off the bus and I have, I also work, um, as a behavioral therapist, I'm working and as a coach, um, running coach and then the four kids. So I balance all of that. Um, I try to get my long runs in on Fridays when the kids are in school. So that opens up one of my weekend days to spend with them. And I'm on the treadmill when I have to be, when I can't fit in a run somewhere, and it's just balance. I run all different times depending on, you know, when I work and if the kids are sick. And I do have, you know, one kid, my youngest, who has a lot of health issues. So he's home a lot and I have to be home with him. Um, but then the older, the older ones, I have a 19-year-old. He's actually going off to the Marines next month. And then I have a 16 and a 14-year-old. So the older ones are great and they'll, they'll help out with my 8-year-old now that they're older. But, you know, I'll run at 3 in the morning if I have to or 10 o'clock at night. And, you know, I'm just determined. I know if I don't run, I feel horrible. I'm just more stressed and not as good of a parent. And so I have to get my run in and I just make it fit. Um, a lot of the times I'll run with my kids. So if it's an easy day, I'll go out with my daughter and run. Um, if it's a hard day, I go out with my 19-year-old and run who's super fast. <laughs> so, um I just try to include them in my running as well. What do they think of this whole ultra running thing? Um, I think they have mixed feelings. They, they're, I think they they get inspired by it, and they like to brag to their friends that their old mom is out there doing these races. <laughs> um, but I don't know. It's it's fun um, to set goals, and when I reach them, you know, they're pretty proud of me. Yeah. Are they going to be at Badwater? 
probably not. It's just such a, it's not a race where you can really spectate. Um, it adds too challenging. So unfortunately they're going to be at home kind of watching the live feed. Luckily, oh, that's more the exciting. Track, yeah, the tracker's yeah. pretty good. So yeah, I hope so. I hope so. So, so Courtney. Yeah. Well, what do you have coming up? Um, I'm going to Madeira Island Ultra Trail. It's at the end of April, and that's a 115-kilometer race. So that's kind of the next bigger one. Nice. Yeah. That one looks beautiful. Is that yeah. a hilly? Is oh, that it's super hilly, yeah. And apparently a lot of, a lot of the hills are stairs. Um, so <laughs> A lot of the hills are stairs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah, it's not switchbacks going up them. It's just sets of stairs. Have you been doing step stairs to get ready? No, I'm thinking I need to start that soon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See, that's what I like about Courtney is that you don't really have a, you just kind of go spontaneously, right? You don't really follow a plan. You just go by feel and what you feel yeah. like that day. Yeah, yeah, mostly by feel. What is your plan look like? I know you have a coach, right? Yeah. Well, I, I put my running plan together for me and my coach does my strength training. She's a physical okay. therapist. So deals with all my you know injuries or preventing injuries and my nutrition. She's a nutrition coach. So I, I plan my own running and, you know, I often just go by feel as well. Okay. Uh, I try to get in, I do a lot of variety. So I like to do a couple days of intervals and maybe a tempo run every week. Um, and then get my long runs in. Nice. What's your favorite days? What What do you like the best? My favorite workout? Yeah. Gosh. Um, I love to do, like today I did one minute intervals just to get the speed going and the foot, the turnover. So I love doing like the shorter one minute intervals. I'll do like a 10 mile run and maybe seven miles of it will be at one minute intervals. Oh, wow. um, like one minute hard and one to two minutes recovery. And then I love to do mile repeats as well. That's how you're getting that 314.59. Oh, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Susie should be your coach for me. I'm taking notes. <laughs> road marathon career. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. But I don't like, do you guys like hills? No, I think, Maggie, you said at one point you were more of a flat runner i think even during western states when we were walking together you mentioned that you weren't as you didn't like the hills as much as like doing the flatter stuff well that's probably how i felt that day yeah that's how you felt that day <laughs> uh i mean i used to live in philly so it was pretty flat because i'd run that kelly drive loop all the time which is just like an eight and a half mile loop that's flat uh, now i love hills like i moved out to the suburbs and um i sucked at hills so i did them a lot and now i really love them uh, so awesome. I don't know. Flat's cool too, though, because you can really zone out, right? Like you think, like I don't know. What, like on the treadmill, do you listen to music or do you like just sometimes go no music and just zone out? Yeah, I do both. I mean, like today I had my music on. Um, some days I like to just zone out. Uh, most of the time, I think I have music or I'm listening to a podcast or something. Oh, nice. What podcast do you listen to? Um, gosh, I, all of them, Ginger Runner. I've been listening to yours, um, Training for Ultra now. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. And I just, you know, whatever looks good. I'll look at the topics and who they're interviewing and just pick different ones. I assume mostly like running. The science, stuff, right? the science of ultra. I like that one too. Ah, just to, okay. Yeah. You'll get, you'll get to listen to yourself coming up oh, here soon. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to want to. <laughs> I know, no one ever does. Prepare. Yeah. No. Hearing your own voice is not fun. No, it's um, not. Rob, do you listen to your own episodes ever? Um, sometimes in terms of uh, trying to like, okay, did I say that right? And like fact check some stuff. Yeah. Um, most of the time I don't have time. But there's been one or two. I'm not going to name them. But yeah, I've listened to them like two or three times just because it was such a special conversation. And like it just... I don't, it was, I'm not listening for my own, you know, questions or anything. I'm listening to, like, hear what the other person said, um, mostly with you, Courtney and Maggie, you know. <laughs> you, yeah. <laughs> um, no, but it's, it's our, weird. Uh, Amelia and Kermit podcast is pretty good. I liked that one. <laughs> yeah, we got good feedback on that. But uh, it's, I don't have an editing team, so, like, everything that's said just goes in and, so I want to make sure I'm not messing things up. So I do have to kind of just double check. Yeah, like yeah. Audio is like not totally off, but I just don't have time to really do much more than that. Do you, that Maggie, do you listen to music and podcasts? Same with you, Courtney. Um, not outside. Um, when I do vert on the treadmill, which I mean, I won't, I only use, I've only been using the treadmill to train for Barkley. It kind of just sits there the rest of the year. Um, and when I moved to Colorado, I'm giving it to my friend Andrew. So because like <laughs> I can't Kelly do that method. again. Didn't John yeah. Kelly do the same thing? Um, what with the treadmill? Yeah. Yeah, he did. Uh, well, he so I was talking to him, and he only ever put the treadmill up to 20% tops because he wanted the intensity. But I was like, well, <laughs> last year I did a lot of it at 30 to 40%. Um, I wouldn't stay there for a long time, but I would switch it up. Because I wanted to get used to that, like, uh, that, that, that crawling. Brain. Yeah. But actually, so it's funny. I actually did, like, I, one, I'd get on and I'd have, like, an hour of vert and I'd be like, all right, I'm going to fa- watch everything that's Courtney DeWalter related. And I'd just watch, like, whatever. And, like, you know, it would be like a theme. And then I'd be like, all right, I'd watch everything that Billy Yang has done or something. <laughs> like, that's awesome. So, um, yeah, I did that less this year on the treadmill and I've just been going outside more. But, um, so yeah, Courtney, music during runs. Sorry, not not during runs outside. Oh, me? Yeah, no, not okay. really, not really. Yeah. yeah, I don't do it on trails at all. But if I'm uh, if I know when I leave my house that I'm gonna do a I'm gonna stay on the bike paths or the roads, then maybe I'll bring music. Um, and if I go on the treadmill, then I'll usually do like some Netflix or music usually. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Susie. What do you watch on Netflix? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I, I want to uh, hear this, actually. This yeah. is interesting. <laughs> I don't actually know right now. Uh, I find, like, series that Kevin and I wouldn't want to watch together. So kind of, like, just <laughs> junk TV, basically. And I watch those. Or, yeah, random movies that I know we wouldn't want to both see. Basically, mm-hmm. just occupying the screen. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm watching really educational documentaries that are really smart and making me a better person. Stuff Kevin wouldn't want to watch at all. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that kind of stuff. 
Yeah, Susie, what do you, do you do? You have any good recommendations for treadmill watching? Treadmill watching, gosh, um, I've been watching everything on Badwater that I can find right now. So yeah, I don't know. I um, for a while was just watching repeats of Malcolm in the Middle. Oh, nice. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah. So, or HGTV, like the Fixer oh, Upper. Courtney's I like favorite. That. Yeah, the Fixer Upper is my favorite. I love HGTV. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> That's a court. So I, I, I do it wrong before races. I'll, I'll watch, I don't know, something like I was, I think it was before Biggs and I was watching it. Um, yes. Before Biggs, which yeah. we're going to be out in these woods for days. She's watching it. That <laughs> one about the clown. And there is a clown at Biggs. There's yeah. a clown out there because there's like a haunted woods, but everyone's always like, oh, there's a clown. But in context, the clown should be there because it's like there's a haunted woods, so it's not like that weird. Um, but I was watching that. She's like, why are you doing that? You have to watch happy home and garden TV. And like, <laughs> I was like, oh. Okay, you may have just swayed me not to sign up for Biggs now. Oh, you should. <laughs> it's so fun. The and clown, really, the clown has his own business. It's yeah. on my list. He does his like warm up, like, because your last loop is like when the clown comes out because you know, then the night comes and you go on the road. So you right. don't see that area anymore, but you run by where the parking area is for the, the haunted woods. So he does his warm up, his like little jumping jacks and is like, you know, he takes it seriously. Yeah. <laughs> I saw the clown doing stretches in this field and I was like, what am I hallucinating already? It was only like 11 hours into the thing. It wasn't even dark yet. I'm like, please don't let that be a hallucination already. <laughs> Luckily Maggie's there to assure me that there is indeed a clown. <laughs> What what has been your best hallucination? Uh, I think my favorite was the leopard in a hammock. So it was just a leopard like <laughs> lounging in a hammock in the woods alongside the trail. I, I think that one. I feel like me and that leopard became friends. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, there's been some weird ones. That's great. How I about just you, Maggie? Well... I mean, I haven't really, I don't think I've seen anything that vivid that's like, you know, where I knew it wasn't there. Like, I just remember the trees on the road at Biggs look like origami jack-o'-lanterns. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, I knew they were leaves, and I'm just like looking at them, and it's so detailed, and you're like, but they look like jack-o'-lanterns made out of paper origami thingies. Like, I don't know. Uh, but, I don't know. You hallucinated snakes at um, Moab, and I don't like snakes and i don't know i might run off a cliff if i started seeing snakes everywhere so that freaks me out <laughs> yeah i mean it was i knew they were hallucinations and like when we were lower i had my pacer go in front of me because i was like just on the one-off occurrence there actually is a snake there and you think it's fake and you're like eh, yeah fake like snake. stomping <laughs> down or something yeah but by the end they were like the size of logs and i was just like really like no, no. oh god but hallucinating um howie taking my photo is probably one of my worst because uh there was like a giant puddle that i ran through so that he could get a great shot of like mud flying i don't know it was really late it was mile like 198 um on this really and, long stretch and I ran through the puddle thinking there's a photographer there to capture it. And then my pacer told oh me, God. we, 
we hadn't seen anyone for five minutes. <laughs> it's like, why are you running through this puddle over and over again? <laughs> yeah, no, it's just one. Sh- it was one straight shot through, and I knew how he's good enough no. to capture it. But oh. um, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> or you're just cheesing. You're like thinking this really sweet photo is going to be taken. Exactly. Did you ask him later, like, Howie, where did you get my photo? Like, where's my sweet photo of me running through that no, puddle? He, he loved the story. He, he thought it was, like, hilarious. Um, but my pacer had kind of corrected my mental uh, lapse there. So, <laughs> Susie, have you hallucinated at all? You've done oh, some, yeah. some longer yeah. races. Um, yeah. No, I don't do it as much anymore. I, and I, I contribute that to attribute that to my keto, maybe. I don't know. But I used to, you know, every 100-mile race. But the best was probably at Burning River when this, like, possessed um, rabbit started to run at me to attack me, and I jumped over it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was like going <laughs> legs and it was just uh, freaked me out. I jumped over. My brother was pacing me at the time and he's looking at me like, what are you jumping for? It's like, well, that rabbit. That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, that's scary funny. probably when it's like, I mean, was your brother uh, an ultra runner? Is he just like your brother yeah. who's yeah, wondering what's wrong with his sister? Who hasn't talked <laughs> to you since the rabbit incident? Yeah. <laughs> He knows I'm a little wacky, but yeah, he's run 50 mile races. He's never gone more than 50, but okay. But um, he's heard of these stories of hallucinations. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for the listeners' background, if you're if it gets too bad, there's a really easy solution. You just take a nap. So that's literally for most people, that's what solves that problem. So yeah. it's sleep deprivation that really brings that on. So. If you want to continue and and have the hallucinations get worse, just keep going, I guess. But um, it can get dangerous if you you know ignore that too much. Right. I mean, I think just I got from my lost. limited experience and that that same race, I was so sleep deprived. So I didn't sleep the night before. I I got no sleep and I was just extremely tired. And I went off to the side of the trail to go to the bathroom, and I completely got lost. It was dark out. And I was like headed the wrong way and I'm screaming for my brother, where are you? And then I'm like swimming across the river <laughs> to find him. And Whoa. Um, it was just, <laughs> it was not good. They probably would have needed to get a search party for me. Yeah, that's scary. Yeah, I guess that's why it's important to have pacers in like 200 miles, 200 milers. Because, you know, that's like some of the worst stuff, I think. People yeah, take three sure. days to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Four or five days. Yeah, I was going to say, five, if they're yeah. really good, yeah, three days. Yeah, or if they're two days, if you're really, really good. <laughs> if you're best in the Courtney. world. Courtney. <laughs> right. uh, Courtney, do you have any 200-milers two, coming up? <laughs> are you going to uh, stick to yeah. the short stuff? <laughs> <laughs> the double. I don't, I'm not sure yet. It's um, Yeah, I would love to. I'm not sure it'll fit in the schedule this year, but... If not this year, then definitely next year I'll be getting back to one of them. Nice. Yeah. Susie, would you ever do a 200-miler? Absolutely, yeah. That's definitely on my bucket list. Nice. Maybe like Tahoe or I don't know. Yeah, Come to Tahoe Bigs and get some so cool. practice. I do want to do Bigs. I really do. Wow. Wait, so you said, you said Bigs is on your bucket list and a 200. What other races are on your bucket list? Uh, maybe the Spartathlon. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 
Um, I don't really sure. I'd love to go back to Western States and just because I had a horrible race, I want to go back and um, just do better there. And yeah, and I like the timed events. I just would probably try to. I'd like to make an attempt to get on the the twenty four hour team. Nice. Me too, Susie. Let's do it. Twenty. Let's do it. Yes. <laughs> twenty. Wait. 20, wait, what's this year? 2021. 2021. On the odd years, I think. Yeah. Yep. Well, yep. Are you interested at all in the 48 hour timed events or the six day timed events? Yeah. And that's another thing I was talking to my coach about. Um, definitely want to do some multi day events. Um, oh, I can't think of the one up in Florida. There's like a six day. Oh, five- yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't think of the name of it right now, but we were talking about doing that. So for sure, 48 hour will be another one. We should do the dome. Yeah, but are they going to, is that like every few years that they do that? Yeah, it's like whenever they feel like going to a dome. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Maggie, you are, I mean, I think you had the American record in 24 hour. Nope. You never did? No, no, not even But didn't you have it or you were close? Uh You she was really close. Very close. close. <laughs> I was really close, like another 10K, okay. I think. <laughs> I was following that race, and that picture of you at the finish was epic. I think I nope. saw a picture of you, like, collapsing, and you gave everything you had in that race. Yeah, because Maggie at the World Championships probably, right? Um, maybe, yeah. I definitely gave a lot of orange projectile vomit that year. <laughs> <laughs> that's what makes an epic photo yeah yeah Yeah, it was well i'm excited so i'm excited this year because you do bigs and then i can like chill and relax hopefully we'll be done be done running and then i get to follow you guys in france for the world championships like the weekend after you might still be running yeah maybe (laughs) seven days 700 miles bigs is gonna go pretty long this year i think (laughs) I, uh, i think so too and i'm like determined uh you know i'm not i I regret i just regret not like limping until i timed out like yeah yeah so that's gonna carry me to like i'm gonna be like i'm coming for you guillaume and (laughs) johan i wonder if johan will come back that would be great too uh he said he would be at worlds well that's right yep yeah so courtney how are you feeling going into western states this year are you treating it any differently? Are you going to like start planning ahead? Um, maybe like get flights and hotels arranged er- earlier <laughs> than normal? Like, like, do you actually No, But how are you feeling going into it? And are you doing hard rock also? Is that still yeah, on the, on the table? Yeah, I'm definitely doing hard rock and uh, kind of figuring out the rest of it. But uh, hard rock opportunities come um, very rarely. And so I'm uh, really wanting to make sure I show up ready to rock at that. So we'll see. Yeah. And then, I mean, Western States, do you feel nervous or are you just going in like you do every race at this point? Like, does uh, it feel routine or are you feeling the pressure of States at all? Uh, I'm still kind of solidifying the whole thing. So yeah. um, I haven't, I haven't thought that far ahead quite yet. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. 
Well, it's something. Live in the live in the present. <laughs> I mean, live in the present. Have a general plan, but don't get so worried about it. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. That's what I do for every time I'm going, you know, to Western states to defend my title. Um, <laughs> uh, Susie, what what other questions do you have? This is your show. Oh gosh. So yeah, how do you go in there with that? I mean, defending a title, Courtney, has to be. There's some pressure to that. So, I mean, how do you how do you prepare for that? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's exciting and it's a hundred miles. So um, you have to be prepared physically for it and and mentally ready to fight. And then you can't you know control how anyone else's day goes. So all you can do is keep trying to efficiently put together miles and and see see where that lands you and uh yeah in those last 50 miles or so see how much fighting you can do to to move around your places a little bit i guess right do you ever worry about burnout i mean a lot of the super elite elites out there will be you know winning all these races and then it almost seems like they get burnt out is there a way that you try to prevent that uh yeah i'm very aware of it and know that it's a thing i um obviously would love to be in this sport for as long as possible so i think for me what helps is not having a plan so i'm really truly listening listening to my body every day and um responding you know accordingly based on what it's telling me i think for me that helps and then i know everyone's different so a lot of people you know a training plan works great with them um, but yeah, I, I like the freedom and flexibility I have to not do a workout if I'm not feeling it and then not feel bad about not doing it. Like I'm never beating myself up about missing a workout cause there was never a workout planned, you know? Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but do you wake up, do you wake up and you go, um, well, I feel like I'm going to do, do you ever do speed work and where you just make it up in your head? Or do you just run fast and then be like, I'm going to run fast today? Uh, so, so so some of the routes that I do, I have different sections of them that I'll, if I feel good when I get to that section, I'll do some speed work. Um, so yeah, sometimes I'll sit here and drink some coffee for a bit and decide, you know, I'm going to do that specific route today. And maybe when I get to the spot that I do speed work, I'll do it. And maybe not, just depending on how I feel. Um, and sometimes I don't choose my route before I leave the house and I'll just sort of start meandering around the neighborhood and see where I end up turning and what I end up doing that day. How many hours a day do you estimate you run? Like 28, 29, something a a day. Yeah, no. no. <laughs> I, I thought oh. it was a joke, actually. It, it is. I thought it was one of your jokes, yeah. <laughs> it is a joke. Okay. <laughs> okay. So classic. Uh, there's only like 24 hours in a day. Yeah, but you're retired, so you get extra 40 hours. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you feel like volume is more important or is quality more important or both? Oh, man. I'm not a coach, so I say, yeah, a little bit of both. But no weight should be put behind those words because I'm just making it up. <laughs> You're going to have people uh, inquiring about Courtney DeWalter coaching services soon. They don't exist. <laughs> They'll pay you in jelly beans and then you just tell them 
You send him an email and says, do whatever you want. Yeah, I'll just send him a blank email. <laughs> Here's your plan for the week. Training plan. <laughs> Tell me how it goes. <laughs> That'll be a 75 green and purple jelly beans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now we're talking. <laughs> well, does anyone have any other questions for anyone? I mean... I have one last one. Um, Courtney, what's your, your favorite beer to drink? Do you have, <laughs> do you have a favorite beer now? I'm just... <laughs> I love all beer, but I am currently drinking a Sufferfest Shakeout Blonde. What are you drinking, Rob? I have an FKT with me. It happens to be my go-to. Um, no, but seriously, congrats on, um, you know, being on the Sufferfest team and you know I know they're super excited um to have you on board so I just had to throw that in there I don't know if you know you're just so humble I don't think you'd ever share any of your sponsors really or share (laughs) much about anything so uh I had to I had to pry that one out of you Um, thank you yeah it is delicious so try it if you haven't awesome Susie do you have any last questions at all Maggie um Gosh, I can't think of anything else. We can email each other later if anyone thinks of any questions. Yeah. I'm Perfect. definitely I'm definitely shooting Courtney a training plan question. I coaching, can't wait to respond to that. Coaching plan. Oh man. Um Susie, thank you so much for, you know, being a part of this episode. And I'll definitely stay in touch and I, I want to hear more about how your bad water goes and everything going forward. So Thank you so much for, you know, taking part of this. Maggie, huge congrats on, like, how awesome the project turned out. Yeah, and, thank yeah. you, everyone, for donating and participating. And actually, I want to do it again next year. Um, so I have some really cool stuff and ideas coming up. So part two, run for water auction next year. Stay tuned. That's right. Thank you for having me on. Oh, thank you, Susie. It was great to chat with you for a bit. Yep. You too. Thank you, guys. Thanks, guys. And that's episode 81 of the Training for Ultra podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Big thank you again to Susie for making that all happen. Big thank you to Maggie and Courtney for all their time. Just, it was a fun episode. I really enjoyed it. Um, At the beginning, I read someone's story, and it was Dana. I said Dana. I apologize, Dana. Please don't get angry. Um, (laughs) And, uh... This is a perfect opportunity. I want to thank my sponsors and then one last piece of feedback. So thank you to Ultimate Direction, Destination Trail, Exoskin, Hammer Nutrition, and Sufferfest Beer. And then got to read Brian's note. He's three-fourths of the way through the book. He's just a normal dude. Had horrible asthma as a kid. And through running, I found my center. Thanks for showing me that anyone can do what you do. You have sincerely changed my life for the better. Man, you're too much. You make this board accessible for people who want more from themselves and who just love running. I work full-time, part-time, and go to grad school part-time. Reading about your experience proves to me that you are the only one setting limits on yourself. Life-changing is an understatement. You inspire people like me who just want to get out for their Sunday mornings and crush some miles man for life. Brian, thank you for the kind words. And again, I'll try to incorporate more of these as they they keep coming because 
That's why I'm doing it. That's why I wrote the book. That's why I'm suffering through the audiobook. Like I just want to help people. So don't forget to enjoy your training. Have a great week, guys. See ya.